0: I mean, when I was in college, I, I feel like I didn't pursue a lot of like social opportunities. There's a balance that you can strike, right? Between going, like just pursuing your education and being super heads down on your work. And also, you know, do that, but also make sure that you make time to, to enjoy your your young life.
1: Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond one half of your co-host.
2: And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Dahee In. She is a Korean-American artist working as a cinematic animator at Bungie. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself?
0: Yeah. What more is there to say? <laughs> that is my entire identity rolled up into one simple sentence i mean yeah just to go uh, into more personal history about myself i was born in solar and then i grew up in washington seattle area city of Green. then i went to college in california and then i moved back to washington because california sucked ass and then <laughs> and now i'm here i'm planning to stay here Unless I can get a job in Europe. Oh. Always looking out for that Europe job. (laughs) They have healthcare there. Oh,
1: that's nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them. And then let us know why.
1: Gotcha. All right, cool, cool. I'll start us off with the first question. Would you rather live in Troll Village from Trolls or in Trollsburg from Hilda? Trolls Village. Oh, yeah.
0: It's so fast. (laughs) Trolls the movie is my favorite animated
1: movie. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. People sleep on it. It's an amazing
0: movie. It's great. Actually, the other day we were... I mean, this is a little morbid, but we were talking about funerals Uh and um, someone jokingly said like, oh, play this song at my funeral or whatever. And I was like, dude, play the entire Trolls movie at my funeral. Y'all bitches need to sit down and watch it the whole time in honor of my memory. Good. Hell yeah.
1: And when it ends and everybody's like, oh, that was actually pretty good. You rise up from your coffee. It's like, see, I told
0: you. <laughs> I told you. It's a good movie. That was great.
1: Damn. Oh, man. I think uh, between the two for me, I would probably go uh, Trollsburg. Okay. I like the overcast weather. It's nice. It would always be beast weather weather in Trollsburg. There's mystical creatures kind of all around. And I think I get to actually still be... Person, I don't know if I want to be a troll. I don't know if I'm mm. like I mean you I want have a like little troll. I mean I wouldn't mind having like that long kind of pompadour esque hair as a troll. I mean you like...
0: got you're, you're starting to get there. <laughs> you're on the way. <laughs> yeah, you have a little baby troll haircut right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that as a compliment.
1: Parentheses compliment.
2: <laughs> compliment.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think like. Trollsberg seems nice to me. Um I feel like there's enough going on in there. I feel like I feel like the music and stuff might be fun for a bit, but I feel like I might get annoyed after a while. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair.
0: You can be Branch's friend.
1: But... Yeah. Oh yeah, Branch Branch is probably the person I probably would hang out with. Uh what what about you Yuki?
2: I really love the idea of Trollsberg where like there is supernatural stuff just like in the day to day, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, like the, the trolls just, like, uh, turn to stone in the day and, like, but watch out, like, don't actually go towards them. It's not, like, this whole mystery of, like, ooh, are they real or not? They're, like, they're, like, oh, it's definitely real.
0: Yeah, that's legit.
2: I, I don't know. I, I do kind of feel the same about, like, I don't know if I could handle the pop troll village, you know? Because, like, mm. they're always partying, like, upbeat and stuff. But, like, if I could be a different kind of troll, because, like, you know, in Trolls too they go to their different genres yeah. yeah i think i would i would definitely be down if it was like i could be one of the like like metal trolls or like yeah uh, even wow. the like, <laughs> the disco ones wait funk. Yeah. Oh, the yeah the i love that one yeah. <sighs> uh, that
1: one's a cool one
0: the funk uh-huh. place seems like it would be very chill
2: mm-hmm. i mean i think it would be illegal to
0: not be chill in the funk
1: troll village you know mm-hmm.
0: but yeah <laughs> Were the K-pop trolls pop trolls that just, like, lived somewhere else? Right?
1: Yeah, like, I, th- I, I think like, the trolls as well. I think they're just, like, their own little, like, <gasps> tribe. I think, like, they're, like, oh, we're so niche that we we have to be our own specific thing somewhere just else. split off.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, BTS trolls? Wild. Is
2: that what you would be? Would you be a K-pop troll? No. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be, then?
0: Um, I think just, like, a general pop troll I don't know my music interests are like so basic you know
2: (laughs) no it's good it's good yeah (laughs) all right perfect answers last question would you rather eat at Tiana's place from Princess and the Frog or La Ratatouille from Ratatouille Tiana's
0: place Princess and the Frog is my favorite 2 D animated movie of all time. What, really? Wow. Yes. Wow, yeah. okay. It's the best. Wait, why? Why not? <laughs> no, it's got all the songs in it, banging. Black Princess, amazing. The Prince character isn't, I mean, he is kind of an insufferable prick in the beginning, but he has growth, and we love that about him. That's true. And... The side characters are all amazing and none of them are annoying. They're all lovable. Mama Odi is incredible. I want her to be my, like, grand aunt. She's amazing. (laughs) Uh, yeah. It was great. The story was flawless. The movie was flawless. I'll die on this hill. I
1: love that.
0: In terms of the food, though. Mm Mm-hmm. I have always dreamed of eating gumbo. Never had oh. gumbo in my life. Really? Like an beignets authentic one? Sound delicious. Have you ever yeah. had a beignet? No, but they sound delicious. They're so good.
1: I've never I had know. a real. Be- I've had like beignets from like Popeyes, but I don't call, count those as real beignets. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you gotta make a trip out to New Orleans. You gotta try the beignets That's at the at, at the best place to have them.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And I've tried French cuisine. Mm. It's okay. Don't get me wrong. French cuisine is delicious. Just not something that
2: I would, that I'm like ever craving. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's fair. There's like live music probably at Tiana's. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I would probably agree. I would also go with Tiana's place. Food just looks better to me. I feel like I would, Mm. it just looks nice. Southern food is also always really, really good. And yeah, I don't want a rat touching my food. I'm sorry.
2: Wow. <laughs> Whoa, Ray.
1: Yeah, don't don't want a rat touching my food. I'm okay.
0: Didn't you watch the scene where <laughs> they all
1: walk their little paws I and don't the whole bodies? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what the <all> gets wrong? <laughs> wow. Their hair is say that. <laughs> They're just like I don't know. Do you
0: own an animal?
1: <laughs> no, I do not. Do you not. live
0: with a cat?
1: <laughs> I used to live with cats.
0: Really? Yeah. Pepper in your food all of the time. Does it alter the flavor? Did you ever die? I don't think so.
2: (laughs) Ray, I don't know (laughs) how to tell you this, but there is there is a threshold of amount of (laughs) rat um essence that is allowed in uh, most like canned and jarred foods.
1: (laughs) I am aware. I, I, I am aware.
2: I keep getting pita ads that are
0: that talked to me about how there is poop in my chicken. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, there's poop on your hands, like, <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. And you just kind of, like, have to live with that knowledge. Yeah. There's a whole thing called the, like, fecal-oral route that we don't have to get into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Point is, yes, I know that there's certain rat feces or rat things that end up in certain canned foods, but, like... I'm not gonna purposely go to a restaurant where the main cooks are rats I don't care okay, how fine dining it is <laughs> i I maybe maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not that woke maybe I'm not woke enough where I can like yeah I can go to a restaurant where rats are serving the food or rats are cooking it
2: would you be afraid of uh Lewis playing the trumpet while you eat it's, he's the crocodile from uh, Princes and the Frog
1: okay I probably would be afraid yeah <laughs> I probably would okay be scared. I just had to I'd be, I'd be scared for, like, multiple reasons. Like, the fact that he's standing on his two feet, the fact that he's a crocodile, and, like, the fact that, like, I guess in awe, like, how he's playing the trumpet with with the lack of lips.
0: I would be like, how did they make this animatronic look so real? <laughs> I accept your answer, Ray. I don't understand it, but I will. <laughs> I will accept it. Go.
1: What? What about? What about you, Yuki?
2: I mean, uh, Remy is my favorite. Ratatouille is my favorite Pixar movie. So I'll have to meet the damn rat because they stopped showing him in uh, Epcot, Disney World, and I was really <gasps> disappointed. I was crushed. I was like, Aww. they only—they t- actually only did it in like. Like, for a year or two after the movie came out and, like, never again. But they used to wheel out a little, like, Remy animatronic and the, the wow. waiter would do a whole bit where he'd be like, here's your food. And they he would unveil and there'd be a little little Remy in there. But they That's don't do that so anymore. Scary. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, I, was like oh, I really wanted to see that. Anyway, yeah, if I could re- meet the rat in person, then uh, I would definitely do that. Cool. are cute man
1: have have fun there yuki enjoy your Thank food you. i hope I it's will. delicious
2: there's there's rats in the ceiling having their own dinner party hell yeah <laughs> that would freaked me out a little bit
0: because <laughs> i'd be like there was that scene in ratatouille where the grandma did oh, yeah. shoot the ceiling
2: whole, like yeah. Okay, that would scare me the yeah that, like the chandelier coming down and uh,
0: yeah, all of the be, rats, yeah, just a little bit, but <laughs> you know, sacrifices must be made in order to eat in a restaurant with rats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for playing in between us, Dahi. Uh, that was a lot of fun,
0: yeah, my pleasure. End of podcast, <laughs> <laughs> all
1: done, <laughs> <laughs> well done, everybody. And then to our audience, if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, send us a message either on Twitter, Instagram at Straight Ahead AP, or send us an email at aheadpodcast at gmail.com. So I want to say thanks again, Dahi, for being on the podcast. We're so happy to have you on and to hear about your journey.
0: Happy to be here.
1: So to kind of start off, would you first describe what you do as a cinematic animator for Bungie? And what does a typical day of work look like uh, for you?
0: Yeah, so cinematic animator basically means that I animate the cutscenes in our game, which is Destiny 2. Mm. In terms of what a typical day looks like, I mean, it's just you're in Maya every day, all day, (laughs) you know, with occasional little trips to our engine to check how things are working in there. Want to make sure that your animation is playing properly. We have reviews four times a week. So our major reviews with our director is um, they happen Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we have smaller, just like cinematic animator reviews on Mondays and Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Then Friday is just like a work day. Mm -hmm. It's a party day, (laughs) (laughs) and that's. Pretty much it just a basic rundown
1: and then right now are you working from home or are you working at the studio
0: i'm working from home right now uh our studio is actually still under construction they are renovating the bungee studios but i'm excited for when it does open
1: yeah because i'm curious because like with especially like with animation like and working in maya sometimes files can get pretty heavy like how is that working from home like did they set you up with the computer with the proper you know, RAM and, like, capabilities to do the animations or did you have to invest in your own?
0: Oh, no. I mean, if any studio is telling you to have your own, to purchase your own equipment, tell them to fuck off. Like, that's, <laughs> that's insane. But, yeah, I they s- set me up with this laptop that they call a beef top Beef top? <laughs> it is the beef top. It's very tiny. When they told me beef top, I was like, oh, it's definitely going to be this hulking heavy thing. No, it's like this small. It's, <laughs> it's so... No one can see me do this, but I mean, imagine like an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper and scale it up like 10-20%. That's about mm. as big as my beef top. Anyways. <laughs> no, it handles things just fine, uh, surprisingly. We don't have to use remote desktop to log in. What that means basically is you have your machine at home and then you have a machine at the office that is on and running. And then you use your machine at home to basically like run the machine at the office. Mm-hmm. So you are mm-hmm. remotely controlling the your machine
1: at the office.
0: Working like that is awful. I hate it maya just does not run well is it,
1: is it that's just because like there's there's like a lag that happens yeah, or like yeah oh, okay
0: there's a lot of latency it's just not great but instead we just vpn into our uh, studios network and then just work on everything locally from home mm-hmm.
2: which is great on your uh portfolio you had a lot of like mocap cleanup plus like you know some animation that you did but Mm -hmm. Do you, in your current job, do you also receive a lot of mocap to clean up? Yeah. Do you ever, like, have input on, like, oh, can you have them do something, like, do this move slightly different? Or do you just, like, kind of receive whatever you receive?
0: Yeah, at Bungie, we work at a pace that's just so fast and demanding that there really isn't time to do that kind of back-and-forth feedback. But at ArenaNet, we were our own mocap actors, so oh, okay. if we, oh, interesting. yeah. If we felt like some mocap wasn't working for us or we wanted a different kind of performance, if we had the time and if our like tech artist, our mocap person had the time, then yeah, we would throw the suits on and then do a reshoot.
1: Of the did you wear one of mo-cap. the suits with the balls I sure on it? Did.
0: Yeah, oh, I sure, yeah, that's did. so
1: cool! <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: it was fun. That was during the time when I wore glasses and just trying to act with people with those suits on. I could not, I couldn't get my head into the right space for acting. So I would have to take my glasses off every time because then everything would be a little blurry. <laughs> I would be able to like, I don't know, disassociate just a little bit, <laughs> enough, enough to, to like be acting instead of being like super conscious of how ridiculous mm-hmm. we looked.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah. that's funny though. But hey, whatever helps you, you know, sometimes like you need Sometimes you need to take a breath. Sometimes you need you just need to go blind for a bit. And mm-hmm. then, exactly. then you can do it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: So do you prefer like cinematic animation over gameplay animation? Or like what's like what do you find fun between the two?
0: Yeah. I definitely do prefer cinematic animation to gameplay animation. I'd say the difference between the two is that gameplay animation tends to be much snappier. It's mm. very mm. body mechanics focused. So if you're really into, you know, just getting a lot of really hefty body movement or doing super like quick snappy stuff then gameplay animation tends to be the route that you want to take. Even for very realistic games, like, for instance, like, God of War, right? Nobody's doing, like, like a three-frame punch, you know? Mm -hmm. But you still get a lot of that hefty body mechanics animation that some people really like. I prefer animating the sort of, like, acting emotional scenes Mm -hmm. and the sort of subtlety that you can get with cinematic animation Mm -hmm. which again isn't to say that gameplay animation doesn't have acting and emotions and subtlety definitely absolutely does but i prefer to animate all that stuff to a particular camera that Allows you to do a lot of things that you just can't do with gameplay animation that needs to be viewed from lots of different angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then also it needs to be cycled back in so it can do a new cycle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Gameplay animation, I'd say, like it. It seems a lot of fun and also like a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> To have to do all the blending and all the like technical aspects to to make it really sing in especially like our newer generation game engines there's a lot of fancy stuff that you can do with it that is super duper impressive but it's also super duper demanding and technical
1: but mm-hmm.
0: you know the technical stuff can be fun too it's like solving a little puzzle
1: yeah. So for you, what kind of gravitated you towards games over, like, feature film as far as, like, animation?
0: The game industry just has more opportunities. There are lots more studios than there are, like, 3D feature film studios out Mm -hmm. there. There's just Mm -hmm. more stability. Like, if you get hired full-time to a game studio, then it's not like with feature film where there's more of a chance that you're hired for one production and then you kind of have to Mm -hmm.
2: shift around Mm -hmm. to
0: whatever the next production is and you're not sure you'll be retained or whatever. There's also just more options for location. There are a lot of feature film opportunities in like California and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I've already established that I hate California. (laughs) So yeah, I would much rather live in the Pacific Northwest.
2: Yeah, a lot of game studios up there in in Washington especially, right? For sure, yeah,
0: exactly. Just perfect for me because I love it up here.
2: Yeah, those are all the like practical
0: reasons why I chose the game industry over the feature film industry. Mm. In terms of like the creative reasons, I really enjoy like supporting game narratives with cutscenes. I just mm-hmm. think it's so fun for a player to be able to experience a story in both ways, you
1: know? That's really interesting. You bring up some good points that I wasn't too aware of myself. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, there is a lot more game studios and more that I think about it compared to, like, feature studios. And yeah. Yeah, yeah like, thing I'm not aware of as well as much either is, like, yeah, when you're working animation, you're basically just hired for a specific production you're on, but it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting to hear that on games, you're kind of there as an actual, like, employee where, like, they'll just roll you there's a greater chance for them to roll you onto something else. It's not just like, oh, we're only hiring you for this specific project, and then then we're done. Yeah. Imagine uh, being an employee. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, from, from the impression that, that I've gotten from guests that we've spoken to, it does feel like that. More like, yeah, they're on for one production, and it is likely that like they could be rolled onto another production just because like their skill set is so strong, but it doesn't ever feel like a for sure thing. It's sort of like, a, oh, yeah, I've been hired on for, you know, character designing for this movie or like animation for this. And like, mm-hmm. right, know, not as much for like, oh, yeah, I've been hired by the studio. Like, I stay here.
0: Right, right. And how awful is that? Right. Because mm-hmm. who's to say that you are what if you have a bad month, a bad year even i mean we're all just human we're we're flawed right and you drop the ball for one production then they take a look at you and they're like "Mm, you are good in ratatouille one and two but you were kind of you kind of dropped the ball for ratatouille three so now we're not sure if we're gonna put you on cars (laughs) five so yeah Hmm. Get out of here. That sucks, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Which is not to say that that doesn't happen in, at game studios, but I feel like in my experience, I mean, I've seen people who have stayed at a single studio for like 8, 10, mm-hmm. 15 years, you know? Like, I've met a lot of people who have stayed at a game studio for that long. Mm-hmm. Haven't met quite as many people who have stayed in feature for that long yeah. for various reasons, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I also think Feature has a lot more crunch. I think games, the games industry is notorious for having crunch as well. Yeah. But you can definitely find studios out there that are trying their best to not have mandatory crunch time, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Feature Film, they just kind of resign themselves to crunching their animators for like the last... Like two three months of production every mm-hmm. single time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which sounds like a nightmare. So yeah,
1: yeah. Could you tell us how you first broke into the animation industry, or I guess the the game industry?
0: Yeah, I started as an animation intern at ArenaNet, and that's really how I got my foot in the door, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of people out there who have really like wild stories about how they got into the industry, but. My start was very, very simple.
1: Well, how was that for you interning at ArenaNet? Like, because after interning, you were offered a full time job. What was it like kind of transitioning from being an intern to not being full time?
0: Yeah, it was super easy. I mean, ArenaNet at the time was a, I mean, and still is a fairly, I wouldn't say small, but it's like a medium sized studio. So, I got to know the cinematic director who would then become my boss when I was hired full-time before I got hired full-time. And getting to know her was definitely like probably the biggest reason why I was offered that job Mm -hmm. before anybody else was because she was able to see my skills as an animation intern on the gameplay animation team Mm. before she made her decision to hire me. And also, she was able to ask me to do a few like storyboard assignments before she hired me on stuff like that. But yeah, the transition in general was like pretty easy. The team was very kind. They taught me all the ropes, and there are different pipelines between gameplay animation and cinematic animation mm. that they taught me as well. So yeah, it wasn't that difficult to be honest. It, it helps too that. I was trained in more cinematic animation in college. Mm-hmm.
1: So oh, Okay. So for you, uh, is there anything that you could recall that might've like helped you like stand out during the internship application for, for being like an arena and an intern?
0: I remember having a conversation with one of the gameplay animators on my team about, you know what made me stand out over other people, and his response was basically that everything in my demo reel was of the same quality, like of the same good quality, without anything standing out as um, something that shouldn't have been in my demo reel because it was not as good. Mm. And he also mentioned that um, the personality that I imbued in my characters, because I had a few cycles in there like a run cycle uh, and an attack cycle stuff like that Because mm-hmm. I was applying for a gameplay animation uh internship okay. and i remember my animation professor Raquel was telling us like oh it, it's nice to have little bits of like character moments in your in your gameplay cycles so I had a moment in the character's run where she, like, looks up at the camera and does a little smirk and then, you know, she turns back and keeps running. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think adding that kind of stuff, you know, it shows that you're thinking about how to make your little run cycle more than just a mechanical run forward. Yeah, it it gives
1: us a little bit of personality because uh-huh, again uh-huh. there could be personality in the way they run they can have a more of a goofier run or more of an aggressive run but just like a small little like antic just to add that like little cherry on top to like oh this character is fully realized this character has a thought process
2: yeah giving them a moment
0: mm-hmm. exactly exactly and then of course there there's an interview you know having good interview skills being a good communicator just generally <laughs> being fun to talk to, I think is, is huge for people mm-hmm. having good responses to their questions. Like always prepare for an interview, you know, never go into an interview blind. That's about the stupidest thing that you can do, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah,
2: Have yeah.
0: your friends do a mock interview for you. Do lots of uh, interviews so that you are prepared for the kinds of questions that they'll throw at you. Stuff like that.
1: Yeah. A lot of people think they're quick on their feet. just, Better say than sorry. Yeah, practice, 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 yeah. practice because you never know exactly. and you don't want to flub up.
2: Yeah, you don't want to say something mm-hmm. uh, that you shouldn't have said.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: I mean, you mentioned it before, but you were able to storyboard uh, a little bit while you were at ArenaNet. And uh, you actually have some of those storyboards on your website. And one of them is a scene that you have in your animation reel, which I thought was really cool. Like I was flipping through your... Um, uh, things and mm-hmm. I was like oh this is the same like dialogue and everything. Could you talk about how that opportunity came about and are you interested in boarding more in the future or are you just going to stick to animation?
0: Yeah well to answer your last question I am interested in boarding more in the future but mm. again just because Bungie works at such a rapid pace mm. doesn't seem like there will be that opportunity in my future here. Oh. Alas. But that's okay. <laughs> I'm you know I'm definitely primarily an animator at heart. I don't think I could get a job as a storyboard artist. First of all, if my skills are not um, up there enough. Oh, and wait, also, what are, I, you, what I are think you talking your
1: about? Were, like, really
2: good though.
1: I had that storyboarding <laughs> class with Davey with you, and your stuff was top notch. <laughs> like, you're, you're you're, you. you're really Thank good. You. Like if you Aww. if you really put your mind to it, I feel like you could easily break in if you really wanted to.
0: Oh thanks. But that's the tough part right is putting your mind to it you mm. gotta love it to you gotta love it a little bit more than i do mm. in order to be <laughs> want to put in that effort you know mm-hmm. so yeah i i find storyboarding to be fun for about like two weeks and then after that i'm like Ooh, <laughs> I that. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah in terms of how the opportunity came about i mean i basically just mentioned to my manager at the time, so the manager of the gameplay animation team at ArenaNet that I had done storyboarding. And then he mentioned that to our cinematic director. And then she was like, All right, we don't have anyone who does storyboarding really. So, you know, how about you do a little storyboard for us when whenever the opportunity comes around? And then the opportunity came around and I did it. She was like, this is dope. Keep doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, basically every cutscene that we got, I turned to her and be like, do we have time for me to do some boards here? And she'd be like, yep, go ahead. Or nope, we're just going to like go straight into, into some rough layout. Oh, okay. You know, it, it all is just the kind of reality of your production schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of how I did it. You just talk to people about what you can do, and then when they tell you to to show up and do it, then you do it. and You do a good job, and they're like, "All
2: right, keep doing it." Yeah, nobody will know unless you say something. Exactly. exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially like at a studio like Arena Net, where it's like a little like medium size, it's probably is more opportunity to do stuff outside of like your designated like role.
0: Exactly. In a sense, versus, exactly.
1: versus when you're at big studio, usually just because like the the schedules are so, so tight or they're so specific, where it's like, no, you're you're in this role. We don't right. have t- We already have somebody else in that role. Like, just focus on what you have.
0: Exactly, exactly. And there are pros and cons to both, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, Bungie is much bigger. They kind of have all of their cogs already in place and mm-hmm. turning along. And if you want to do something else, it's not that they don't. They want to like stifle your creativity or like what you want to do, right? Like mm-hmm. they they want you to be happy at your job. Mm-hmm. but there is just the reality of like, you know, we hired you to do this one job and you know, will you be able to keep doing this? And also do this other thing when we already have somebody who's already doing this other thing. Like, yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's complicated, but you know, keep talking to people mm-hmm. always be bold, <laughs> but not annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, sometimes sometimes, sometimes it works
1: out thinking about it more it's also kind of interesting to me because like i feel like especially with the union stuff like you're hired for a specific role you should do that specific role like unless you're gonna pay me more to do something else then Mm -hmm. sure but i feel like that's like kind of like the give and take i feel like you have to want to do the extra thing or want to go outside and do like a little like if you're a character designer do a little bit of boarding wanting to go and do that that's fine but like It's different when like the studio itself is putting that pressure on you to do these extra things that like it's not in your job description. In that case, it's like, that's a no-no.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's all about the consent, right? Yes. You got to want to do it and the studio has to want you to do it too.
1: Mm -hmm. So one of the other things I kind of also want to ask, how do you think your time at San Jose State University prepared you for the games industry?
0: I don't think that it prepared me for the games <laughs> industry specifically. <laughs> that's
2: that's fine. We've had people that are like, "No, my education did not." Have-
0: <laughs> I mean, I will say that it definitely prepared me for my job, mm. you know, in terms of just the animation skill, I I think. Which isn't to say that you can go through the whole program and expect to come out the other side just, like, magically ready to be in the industry. That's not how anything works, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not like you get a certificate that says, like, you can be an animator! Now everybody has to be open to hiring you! Mm -hmm. It's not that simple, unfortunately. I think San Jose State did a great job of teaching... Drawing fundamentals, which I think most animators would benefit from, just having a solid base. Because it just teaches you a lot of skills that maybe don't directly translate to animation. Like, I'm not sitting here, like, drawing cues to an exact perspective in my day-to-day <laughs> job, right? But I have an understanding of perspective, which is useful. Being able to draw the human form, obviously, is, is super duper useful. I mean, there's a reason why places like Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks, all those places are impressed if you have that supplemental knowledge. Just because if you're good at figure drawing, then chances are like you understand the human figure pretty well, which is going to translate into being a, a better animator. Also, just like the 3D animation program in general was super solid like uh i mentioned my professor raquel polo like she was great she wasn't flawless but she was amazing (laughs) nobody's (laughs) flawless but yeah i feel like of all of the professors i had at san State, and of all the programs all the like um sub programs that we had at san State, like 3d animation was the most well defined and Mm. also the, the one that had the least amount of, like, unuseful bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> just the assignments that were given to some of the other sub-programs. It was like, how is this supposed to prepare you to get a job at all, you know? Whereas yeah. the 3D animation program, by the end of it, we were making, like, demo reel-ready pieces, mm-hmm. you know? And Raquel was always open to suggestions for... Like, for instance, making game cycles was like not even a part of the curriculum until mm-hmm. I think maybe my class or the class before kind of went through that. And we asked her, like, hey, can we, can we do this? Because there are several of us who are interested in getting into gameplay animation. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, all right. I don't really know anything about game animation. Mm-hmm. But like, if that's what you guys want and if that's what's going to get you ready for the industry, then let's do it.
1: That's so, great. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Because I, I remember seeing the gameplay animation, but I didn't think that was something that people requested and she was open to. That's that's great.
0: Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, and it just really speaks to her lack of ego, you know, mm-hmm. and her willingness to just put aside, like, her own, I don't know, lack of knowledge and to just be open to being like, yeah, let's, let's learn together. Let's yeah. go through this together.
2: I think she really leaned into it during my class, too, because I we were a uh, class right under you, I think. Yeah. And uh, she actually contacted some, like, alumni. And so, like, we went to Double Fine as, like, a field trip and, like, talked to the Ooh. animators there. Because she's like, I don't know anything about games. So she, like, yeah. you know, got us in contact with, like, some game stu- people who were working at game studios and, like, what they do. And, like, tried to kind of really put together a program because she was like, wherever she didn't know, you know wherever gaps in her knowledge where she wanted to cover for that and yeah she's like not afraid to ask people who she's like yeah i don't know anything so i'll find some games alumni
0: exactly yeah. exactly she's great. and she's also always like looking at the industry and yeah making sure that she's keeping up with industry standards and what studios are currently looking for and what kind of like the job market is like yeah. in a sense you know like she she still, understood that... she still
2: does that yeah
0: exactly exactly she's still an active professional which can't mm. say the same about all of the professors <laughs> at San Jose State but you know not that I'm still an entity
1: yeah I feel like there's definitely like a there needs to be like a better balance because like yeah not to drop any names or not to say it because again I'm speaking on like what I saw not what's still current at at the right. school because I love standards I had a great time I learned what I needed I I got the proper fundamentals but I think with certain of like the sub you know sub the other focuses like visit modeling story some of those are like taught for a specific career majority mm-hmm. feature let's say you know and mm-hmm. I wish like there's there's a way for you to balance like okay this is a curriculum you want it but like there should be a section where like Hey, what if there's some visit people that want to get into game design? What if there's visit people that want to do TV and having mm-hmm. kind of catering specific assignments for those people or having a section where like you can like, you know, okay, here's this assignment. If you want to go feature, approach it in a feature way. If you want to go TV, approach it in a TV way. And that's the one I'm going to grade you guys on.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm.
1: I feel like there's a, there's definitely a way to go about it so you can get the portfolio that you want.
0: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Especially as you're approaching the end of your time uh, in the program. Like, you've got to be getting those demo reel or portfolio-ready pieces, yeah. you
1: know? One of the other things I also kind of ask is, like, how do you feel your cultural background influences, like, you or your art?
0: To be honest, <laughs> right now, does not influence uh, that much? <laughs> not <laughs> directly, I'd say. Totally, yeah, yeah, totally. that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Working on Destiny too. not mm-hmm. not a ton of opportunities to be super uh, Korean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but there are always small opportunities, right? And also small ways that your culture influences your art in, in ways that you don't even realize. You know, just, I'd say, this doesn't really apply to art, but just how I, I don't know, interact with people, how mm-hmm. I think about mm-hmm. teams, I guess. There's just the understanding of like, yeah, like we are a team and we're all looking out for each other. And there's none of this like individualism that happens, you know, we're all a a collective. And there's also opportunities that are more direct. Like, for instance, when I was at ArenaNet, I facilitated a Asian cultural representation focus group where we reviewed content that was influenced or inspired by or directly referencing various Asian cultures and took a look at that stuff, made sure that uh, none of it was questionable (laughs) and also looked for opportunities to plus the content, right? To Mm -hmm. add authenticity, to add subtlety. I think that was very fulfilling for me to be able to express my cultural background. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that. I love that you had the opportunity to do that. And like, again, sometimes when you're like in production or you like animation, like, cause you're required to animate a specific character or specific thing. Like it is hard to think about like, okay, well, how is my culture influencing this? But like, again, it could also just be your work ethic. Like I know for, for me, like my culture does influence a bit of my art, but it also influenced my work ethic. Exactly. And like we've had other guests mm-hmm. same way. Like maybe it doesn't directly show them what they're creating, but definitely the way they're approaching or the way they're working is definitely based on their upbringing and their culture
0: hmm mm-hmm, Exactly. Exactly. And in terms of animation too, if, if you look at the way characters are animated or the way they act in for instance, I play a lot of JRPGs. So if you look at JRPGs, right, there are certain gestures that characters do that characters in like Western games yeah. like basically never do. And it's because the way that just like culturally we have different gestures that will uh-huh. that we'll do more often. Yeah. You know, ways that we communicate with our body are just different. And I think that as an animator, if you're able to bring that up to people and I mean, at Arena Net, I was in a mocap suit so I could, I myself could try to replicate the, the motion, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit harder at Bungie when we hire and pay like actual professional actors <laughs> to do our motion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are... Are ways that you can express your your culture like that too? Hmm.
2: All right. Well, thanks, Sahi, for joining us today. Before we get into our final question, is there anything? Uh, where can our audience find you? And is there anything you would like to promote?
0: Yeah, your audience cannot find me. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter account is private, and I don't share my Instagram. You can probably find it, but it's not very relevant to my art. But you can go to my website at dahiem.com. No hyphen there. If you want to keep up with my art, I guess. I <laughs> will mm-hmm. we'll probably update it once a year or after two years.
1: And then they can go play Destiny.
0: Yes. <laughs> Please play Destiny 2. Fall in love with Destiny 2. Purchase our cosmetic items. <laughs> don't, if you see your little ghost, don't you want to dress up your little ghost and all the cute little ghost skins <laughs> <laughs> that you can get? I love Ghost. I want to give Ghost a little smidge on top of his tiny little head.
1: (laughs) Well, that's great. Is there any final advice you would want to give to those who want to pursue a career in animation or in in games?
0: I recommend not going to a private art institution. Mm -hmm. They will take all of your money. And I think that San Jose State University, for all of its... Laws and also it's it's been a while since I've been there, so perhaps it's it's changed a I think lot. There's been a lot of changes, but I don't know how mm. like, good or bad they are. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I have no idea. But you know, find yourself a, a program that will teach you good drawing fundamentals, and you, you know, if you're not getting getting the the specific um, craft knowledge you need, there are always there are tons of online schools that are taught by industry professionals who are like actively working who will be able to get give you like the latest knowledge stuff like that Mm -hmm. that you can use to to supplement your education but don't spend like tens of thousands of dollars on (laughs) your schooling in my opinion and be nice to people (laughs) be a cool person to hang out with what else i don't know What'd you guys do? <laughs> what advice do you have? Why do
2: I have
1: the answer the question? <laughs> oh man, if I were to give one, this one I wish I would have given a while ago, but like in my experience, no all-nighter has ever been worth it.
0: Mm-mm, never.
1: I look back at my time in college, I would have been fine if I didn't do that all-nighter. Yeah. I feel like the only ones that were worth it and barely by a little bit just because it was my passion project and my thesis. Like my the all nighters I did for my thesis were worth it because I really love what we created, but all of my other class assignments and stuff, I would have been fine. Yeah. I didn't uh, need to do that to myself.
0: Not the humble brag, but also humble brag. I never pulled an all nighter when I was at San Jose State. Really Good for wow. you. Yeah, not one. Yeah. I'm like physically incapable of pulling all nighters. First of all, but also, yeah, I very quickly and early on adopted the attitude of, like nothing's worth it, mm-hmm. nothing's worth it.
1: Yeah, I I think I only did like one or two a some like a year. I never yeah. I didn't do that much, but definitely like at least one or two a year while I was there. And
2: sometimes, sometimes shit just piles up, man. Yeah, I was really bad. I I did a lot of all nighters, <laughs> but I do Aww. I do think. Like, I mean, if I could tell my younger self, like, you should try to space it out better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, like, hard because you're trying to figure out how to get yourself, like, motivated into work. And then you're also in college, so you're like, I just want to hang out with my friends uh, and do all this other stuff. But, yeah, Yeah. I was really bad about it. (laughs) Yeah. I think, like, partially because, like, the, the pressure of having the deadline was, like, Also, got me motivated to actually do stuff. I feel that.
0: I feel that, man. Yeah,
2: which is not good, but I think recognizing it now kind of like helps me be like, okay, like stay on track, like try different Mm -hmm. things, like the Pomodoro method, Pomodoro timer method, like uh, different Mm -hmm. techniques to kind of like change up getting motivated and sitting down and being like, oh, breaking up, working to different parts. So. Yeah, I sure, think now I'm, sure. I'm much better about it, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, in college I did a lot of all-nighters, and I really shouldn't have, so I agree. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with that advice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, this is not advice for people who want to get a career in animation, but rather just for, like, students in, in general. I mean, when I was in college, I I feel like I didn't pursue a lot of, like, social opportunities. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really have a lot of friends, <laughs> I was really depressed and sad and alone. Hmm. Yeah, and I look back at that time with a lot of regret. So, you know, there's a balance that you can strike, right? Between going, like, just pursuing your education and being super heads down on your work. Yeah. And also, you know, do that, but also make sure that you make time to to enjoy your,
2: your young life. Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: Very much so. I I look back as well and be like, I wish I would have gone out more. It's time you're not getting back, so make the most of it.
0: Yeah. Right, right. But you two were like, I feel like you two both seem like you have lots of friends,
2: you know? (laughs) I I, I do want to say like, yeah, I do. I still have like my my group of college friends that like we don't even have. We're not even like in the same fields of like Mm -hmm. we've talked on this podcast before about like oh, make those connections and like your friend will get you your next job or whatever. Uh, and that that can be true. That was not necessarily true for me and my friends. And like, we're all, you know, working and successful and stuff. But it really was just about that time of like, you know, being together and like suffering together <laughs> through art <laughs> school. And yeah. uh, that's totally worth it. And like, um, I forgot who it was that said like, oh, those, they're my most expensive friends. <laughs> <laughs> Abel oh Hayford. my god oh yeah if Ford was like oh, you guys are my most expensive friends i'm like yeah i think about that a lot
0: <laughs> incredible it's mm. tri- <laughs> amazing yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah and even
0: you know having those friends will teach you the social skills to be not an asshole and yeah. also to seem just like a really personable chill teammate to work with during the interview and stuff like Mm -hmm. it's all valuable not that you should ever view that stuff as like transactions but you know like don't ever think that it's useless or a waste of time or Mm -hmm. you know time better spent working on your craft like there's only so much time you can dedicate to an animation before you should just like maybe put it down go outside
2: Mm -hmm. touch some grass experience lies
0: yeah (laughs) touch grass breathe in some fresh air Enjoy mm-hmm. the world life. The other thing, too, is talking about getting your job from the people that you made connections with. Mm-hmm. I remember after I got hired full-time at ArenaNet, there was a vacancy for a, another animation intern. And my previous manager, so the manager of the gameplay animation team, approached me and he was like, Hey, do you know anyone from either your cohort or um, the, the people... You know, your underclassmen who would be a great fit for this internship. And I was like, oh my God, it's my chance. This (laughs) is the moment that everyone talks about, about like holding the door open for people to come in behind you, you know? Mm -hmm. I was so excited. And I remember, like, I reached out to people. I reached out to people in my graduating class. I reached out to, you know, people I knew, alums from like the class above, just, Anybody and like one dude replied. Of all of those people, a single person replied, and he wasn't even. He was somebody who I was like, I mean, you're you're like a decent animator, but you you know, still need work on your on your skills. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure enough, like he he did apply, and he was kind of rejected during the like demo reel review phase. But yeah, I was so deeply disappointed in my peers for like not taking advantage of this incredible
2: opportunity and like nobody else like had anything going on like they didn't have like they were like oh this internship or another thing no
0: like they were the because
2: heck? i know i don't understand I know. that
0: i got hired like full time the summer after i graduated like shortly after mm-hmm. graduation And so like, yeah, unless people were getting jobs like right out of college, which they were like, that's awesome.
1: But like, was it because they were like, oh, that sounds cool. But like, I'm trying to break into feature or.
0: Yeah. Or like, Uh... oh, like, that sounds cool. But like, I don't want to move up to Washington, which is a legit reason. But also like our professor Raquel was telling us all the time, like, you're young, you got no mortgage. You got no kids. You got like nothing tying you down here. So just go out, enjoy the world and take advantage of any opportunity, no matter where it calls you in the world, you know?
1: Very much so. That's something I try to echo all the time is like, you're young. You still have your whole career ahead of you. Our friend Jeremy uh, took this slot game job all the way in like North Carolina. So he does art for like slot games and stuff. He has a house now. Yeah, he just bought a house. That dude has a house.
0: Hell yeah!
1: Happy for him. Yeah, and
0: you know, I feel there's like major. a lot of people will hear like slot game job. Like, man, I don't want to work for a stinking slot game job. No, you you are a beggar, not a chooser. <laughs> you take whatever the fuck that you can get. You know, which uh, okay, copy up to that is one of my current coworkers. She used to work at Rooster Teeth, and Rooster Teeth mm-hmm. abuse the shit. Oh out my of god, employees. there's so
2: much shit on Rooster Teeth right now, like. Dude. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm watching it blow up. That's the real tea right now. Bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't let yourself
0: be in an abusive like relationship with the studio because mm-hmm. you're desperate. Like That really sucks, and it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> but also, don't have fucking ego. Go work for the slot company, you know? Mm-hmm. You'll meet people there. You'll get experience, you know? Nobody in the games industry is going to look at you and be like, oh, you worked on Slot Game Casino 2000 for three years. <laughs> Lame. Like, mm-hmm. No. People are going to look at, your, at the art that you made for Slot Game Casino 2000 and they'll be like, wow, I can see that you really know how to paint tigers covered in gold. Like, that's awesome. You know how to handle materials and shadow and lighting and whatever, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yep. So just like take the fucking job. How about that skill? You put it in an engine, same engines. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us again, Dahi. If you, audience member, enjoyed our interview with Dahi today, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Straight Ahead AP. And if you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcasts at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier.
1: Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guest who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye.